Good morning, Church for All. Happy Palm Sunday. Uh, I heard someone in the lobby go, what's a Palm Sunday? Like, is that a Will Smith joke or is that like a real thing? And, uh, and so I wanted to make sure I presented Palm Sunday to you properly. And so I was deep in theology studying this week. And I came across some mames. And mames is the Latin root word for memes. And so I wanted to share a couple with you uh, this morning. Uh, the first one, uh, they'll pop up behind me, is Jesus riding in on a T-Rex. I don't know. I thought it was funny. So uh, we'll go to the next one because you didn't. Um, next one, it says, the party don't start till I walk in. Because how many know a party doesn't happen unless Jesus is here? Amen? Next one. I picture this is uh, Gru from uh, Despicable Me reading the plan to his minions. And I'm going to do his voice for you. I'm not good. He says, ride donkey into Jerusalem. <laughs> Preach the word of God. Die for the, sin Die for the sins of mankind. The next one, this is my favorite. I saw this on social media all week. It said, it's called Palm Sunday because Satan about to catch these hands. You know someone from Kent tweeted that, by the way. And last but not least is this one. It's called Face Palm Sunday. Honestly, I can't even with you people. And if you want my sermon in a sentence today, it's right there. Honestly, I can't with you people. Let's take it to the Bible. John chapter 12, verse 13. Says, or verse uh, 12 says, The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him, and they shouted, praise God. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king, your king is coming riding on a donkey's colt. I like how they try to make donkey seem a little more fierce by adding the colt at the end, okay? So, like, if anyone ever calls you a donkey and you're offended, like, I'm a donkey's colt, okay? His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things have been written about him. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. Uh, we thank you that in just seven days we get to celebrate uh, the rising of Jesus out of the tomb. In seven days, we get to celebrate Easter. But God, we just thank you. So we celebrated one year last year, Palm Sunday today, the amazing things you're doing. And God, I just pray my Dodgers do better than the Lakers in your name. Amen. Uh, all you parents out there, uh, do you ever have a big surprise plan for your kids and then they just start acting up? Anybody? Like, 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 they have no idea what's, what's about to happen, and they want to start acting crazy, okay? Uh, one time, uh, my wife and I, we decided we're going to surprise our kids on a Disneyland trip, okay? And um, I asked my daughter, my stepdad did this a lot, where he would kind of leak the gift. So he'd be like, Deej, like, do you want to get an Xbox this year? And I'm like, okay, I know I'm getting an Xbox this year. So I do it to my kids. So I asked my daughter, I said, Brielle, do you want a Barbie's, or do you want to go to Disneyland? She's like, Barbies? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, all this hard work mom and I did, and you want some $10 Barbies? Like, 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 she had no idea what was about to happen. 
This last Christmas, we got Gavin an Xbox, and I swear the last three weeks, he tried everything he could to not get that Xbox, okay? Elf on the Shelf wasn't working. Naughty List wasn't working. Like, I literally told him, I said, you can go open that gift right now, and we're donating it to the church. Like, I was ready to give it to him. Like, like just this, this anticipation of you have no idea what's about to happen. Last week, I got off work early, and uh, I came home, and uh, we had some free tickets to Defy. And so um, I told my wife, I said, hey, let's surprise the kids. Let's take them to Defy. And so we homeschool kids, so I interrupted math class, and I came. I said, everyone, get ready. We're leaving in 10 minutes. And they're like, oh, I want to be home. I don't want to go. And I'm like, get your butt in your room, get dressed, get in the car. We're leaving. And they're like, oh, are we going to Target again? I'm like, I wish. Get in the car. <laughs> you have no idea what's about to happen, and all three of them, all sweaty after Defy, all worn out. They're like, this was the best day ever. I was like, yeah, it's time to start trusting your dad. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, they just have no idea what's coming. I started a new method of reading my Bible, and it wasn't reading it, but it's listening to it. And um, I've come to realization I've been a follower of Jesus for a little over 10 years, and I've come to realization I learn more when someone's reading to me than when I'm reading the Bible, okay? And this is the first time in my life that someone's read me the Bible without, like, dissecting it for me or trying to preach it for me. Like, I'm just listening to someone reading the Bible. And if you're like, oh, my gosh, the narrators are boring. If you like hip-hop on the Bible app, I'm serious. There's a uh, translation, or actually read the NLT translation. But what they do is it's this guy, and he reads over a hip-hop beat. And it's a new beat. It's vibey. I'm, I'm driving to work in the morning like, yeah. And as I'm listening to the Bible, uh, some of our leaders and I, it's really just Vanessa and I now uh, try to do uh, the New Testament in 90 days. If you ever do that, after, if you miss a day, it's over. You're reading 30 chapters in a day to catch up. And so I'm listening to the Bible, and I start getting frustrated. Each of the Gospels, they, they talk about uh, a different lens of the last week of Jesus' life. And there's people that just did Jesus dirty. Getting mad, like, they have no idea what's coming. They have no idea what's about to happen on the cross. They have no idea what's about to happen. Like, like, like they, ha they must, like, not have any common sense. I'm getting mad at these people. And so if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Betrayed, Booed, and Barabbas. Betrayed, Booed, and Barabbas. And some of those people that frustrated me, let's start with the easy one, Judas. If you don't know who Judas is, Judas is one of Jesus' homies, one of his disciples. He was a friend. He was a part of the miracles and, and, and a part of the, the, the things that we share in the Bible. Judas was a friend, and, and he even shared the last meal with Jesus. They had spuds, fish, and chips. And he had the nerve to trade Jesus in for some chump change. He was greedy. He was sneaky. He was a liar. One of my favorite lines in the Bible is when Jesus says, one of you will betray me. And Judas is like, not I. And Jesus goes, stop with the theatrics, Judas. He didn't deserve to be Jesus' friend. He didn't deserve to be at that table. And I'm getting mad and I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm listening to the Bible and I'm grabbing my steering wheel. Like I'm getting frustrated. Like, ah, Judas, like I would have, And then Peter betrays Jesus. Jesus took him up to pray because 
temptation was coming. He told him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, no, why would I do that? Why would I deny you? You're, you're my best, like, you're my best friend. You're, you're my Messiah. Like, I would never deny you. Then come the time where it, it, it came to deny Jesus. He not did it once, but he did it three times. And if I say something three times to my kids, I mean it. And at one point, someone says, no, that's you. You were with Jesus. He says, I've never met the guy. betrayal, the heartbreak, the lies. He didn't deserve to be called Jesus' friend. See, Jesus was betrayed on the last week of his life. Second part of the title is that Jesus was booed. And just for the youth section, I didn't mean like he's not like booed up, like he got booed, like, like when Russell Wilson comes back to Seattle, boo. Okay, loud, spicy, boo. The townspeople booed Jesus and asked to be asked to set the murderer for free. Jesus was on trial with a murderer who we'll get to in a minute. And the same people that said hail him were now yelling nail him to the cross. They switched up in five days. And they were cheering for him saying, Hosanna, and then they were screaming, crucifixion. They didn't deserve Jesus to go on the cross with them. They had no idea what was coming. And then the last person, Barabbas. This guy was a murderer. He was a crook. He's put on trial with Jesus, and Pilate asked, who do you want me to set free? And they chose a murderer over a messiah. They chose a crook over Christ. They they chose a thief over the greatest gift of all time. Jesus didn't deserve that. He was about love, peace, joy. This man was the complete opposite, but they traded Jesus for Barabbas. He didn't deserve to have Jesus stand in his place. And I'm listening to the Bible, and I'm getting mad, and getting frustrated, I'm getting hurt, and I'm like having a real aggressive conversation with God. I'm like, God... Why did they get highlighted in the Bible? Why couldn't the other disciples who were mad loyal? Why, why, like, like, why Peter? Why Judas? They don't deserve it. And then they hit me. I'm Judas. Trading in Jesus for other things, putting him to the side to highlight something else in my life, putting putting Jesus to the side to to work more hours, putting Jesus to the side. And I found myself guilty, like, wait a minute. Judas didn't deserve his friendship, but neither do I. And if we're being honest, neither do we. And I was like, okay, Jesus, I I get the Judas part, but Peter, I would never deny you at the expense of reputation. Ooh. You know how many times in high school we, we launched a, uh, a campus ministry called 316. We thought it was creative because we did 3-6 and then the word teen. And uh, shouts to like 90 youth, 90s youth ministry names. And um, I was standing out front with donuts and hand out invite cards to our church on Wednesdays. And one guy's like, wait, you're a Christian? I'm like, not really. Because <laughs> I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to be wrapped up with the 
with the standard of what people think of Christian. And how many of us have had a chance like Peter to, to share the gospel with someone, to claim Jesus, and yet we deny him at the expense of, of our reputation? We deny him at the expense of getting some comments back on Facebook. We deny him at the expense of getting looked and locked into the status quo of a Christian. And I realized Peter didn't deserve his friendship. Neither do I. Neither do we. And then the townspeople. All in one day, all out the next. I told the youth uh, this Wednesday when I was preaching, I said, uh, if we want to practice filling our lives with God, we need to practice being a Christian in private. See, it's easy to hold the doors open, to worship on a Sunday, while Tommy and Stu, I didn't know Stu could play the bass like that. I was like, ooh. See, it's easy to do it in public. It's easy to claim him in public when everybody else is doing it. When I, when I read this passage and it talks about how the townspeople turn on him and were saying crucifixion, they were just going with the crowd. It reminds me of youth when you're like, if you want to give your life to Christ, and they're looking at their friend like, yeah, we do. <laughs> Come on, if you want freedom, they're like, I don't. Oh, my friend does. I do. And they were just going with the flow, but how heartbreaking. And Jesus was going to the cross for them, and I realized, that's me. Oh, I could worship right here, but when it comes in the morning when I should be doing devos, I really want to listen to Tupac. I really want I really want to listen to my, nope, I got to focus and listen to Jesus in the morning. I'm all in and all out sometimes. We are all in and all out sometimes. And then Barabbas. Band, you can come up. The band goes, oh, we're just going to go up there and play for 45 minutes behind you, Pastor DJ. Barabbas. Barabbas deserved the punishment. Barabbas deserved to be spit on. And this is the, the, the anger I'm feeling in the car, and I'm frustrated. And then I realize I'm a sinner too. We are sinners too. If anyone deserved the cross, it's not Jesus. I began to break down and said, God, Why? No, we don't deserve this. Why? He said, this is because I love you. And I love my children. And I made them in my image and I've called them to greater. And this verse popped in my head. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, this is a trustworthy saying. And everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save Sinners. And I'm the worst of them all. This was the mission. It doesn't matter what I think in the car. Jesus wanted to love and do life with Peter and Judas. It doesn't matter how frustrated I get. He knew what was happening when the palms were getting laid before him. And when the booze began to come. Though Barabbas frustrates me, he knew the exchange was coming. That the greatest act of love, which we celebrate next Sunday, was on its way. And though we didn't deserve it, in acts of love, Jesus took that cross for us. And he did it in these three actions. Number one, Jesus took our place on the cross instead of Barabbas. Barabbas was set free. 
Barabbas was the sinner. He was the, the nasty murderer. And he was set free in place of Jesus. Come on, that's love. Second, Jesus loves us in our back and forth. Can I tell you that you may be back and forth, but he still loves you when you're all in and when you're all out. And I think some of us needed to hear that today because we feel so guilty in following Jesus. We get so frustrated with ourselves, but he loves us in the back and forth. Last but not least, even after everything, Jesus offers us relationship. I want to talk about Peter to end the rest of this morning. Peter had to have been feeling a couple different things after what happened to Jesus on the cross, after denying him three times. Peter went back to what was comfortable. He went back to fishing. And how many of us have been in these five emotions and it's just easy to go back to what's comfortable? Number one, Peter was probably feeling a little bit of guilt. Anybody in here carrying some guilt today? Man, I feel guilty. Man, I feel like I should have been Barabbas up there. Come on, I feel like Peter was feeling some pain. Anybody dealing with pain today? Emotional, mental, physical. That pain of, I did that to my best friend. I did that to Jesus. You probably felt some embarrassment. Anybody carrying embarrassment today? I'm not talking like funny embarrassment. I'm talking like real, like I'm embarrassed. He was carrying shame. Anybody carrying shame today? And he was carrying unworthiness. Last year, or last week, we celebrated one year at Easter. Uh, but today I'm celebrating uh, something. Up until about exactly a year ago tomorrow, I felt unworthy of being able to communicate the message of God on a Sunday. Over my years of being a pastor, I've been told that my theology isn't the greatest, that I'm too immature, that my sermons are TED Talks, and things have been said over me in either jokes or in seriousness, and the worth of the gift and call that God has given me and called me to, I put to the side and said, I'm just gonna do what I know and, and do youth ministry. Because I'm a teenage whisperer. I can't, I can't preach to adults. I can relate to what they're doing, but I'm just, I'm just a kid. And when we launched the church, Pastor Matt said, hey, I want you to be a part of our teaching team. Be a part of our voice to our church. And I said yes because I said yes to everything, but I wanted to say no. Because that unworthiness began to sink in. The insecurity began to rise. I'm not worthy of being on that stage. Pastor Matt, there's multiple other people and I wanted to say no. And I felt the security in my life where Jesus said, DJ, I got you. 
I've always had you. Put those voices to the side. I got you. And he did the same thing for Peter. Watch this. When they went to the tomb and found that it was empty, they found a boy wrapped in white cloth. And they said to the, to the women, now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. That's not a small detail. He said, he's still one of mine. Tell them that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. And the woman fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. And they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. And so later on in John, as Peter's fishing, Jesus appears and they have breakfast and chorizo and eggs. Just kidding, I just, that's what I would eat with Jesus. And after breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus then replied, feed my lambs. He then asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, you know I love you. Then Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. Jesus asked one more time. You notice he asked as many times as Peter denied him. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And I love this detail. Peter was upset that he asked for the third time, do you love me? So he answered, Master, you know everything there is. You've got to know that I love you. And Jesus responds, Feed my sheep. Will you stand tonight, today? Can you hear the urgency in Jesus' question for Peter? The tenderness in the way that he pushes Peter past the, the, past the failure of denying him. After reading this exchange, we, we, we got to start seeing God's heart and love in all this. Jesus goes out of his way to clear the air between, between him and Peter. He doesn't leave this earth without making sure Peter knows that he's forgiven and that God still has a place for Peter in his kingdom. Jesus also gives the rest of us the same patience, same tenderness, same love, and same calling to feed and lead his sheep. You may be at a place today where you feel like I don't deserve this love. But can I tell you, God is quick, quick for restoration. And even after everything, he offers us relationship. Even after our deepest, darkest secret, our biggest mistake, denying him, he still offers us relationship and calls us to greater. He says, go and feed my sheep. They had no idea what was coming, but it didn't matter because it was gonna happen anyways. And at the end of the day, God checked me and said, you're just like Peter and Judas and the townspeople and Barabbas, and I love you. And some of you need to hear that today. God loves you. And what we celebrate next Sunday 
is not an event for a bouncy house for Easter eggs. It's to celebrate the greatest gift, the greatest act of love. And that was Jesus going to the cross so that we didn't have to. But I love the commandment of go and feed my sheep. I want you guys to grab the Easter cards that are on your chairs. And just hold, everyone hold one tight in your hand. And we're gonna get back into worship just uh, here in a second. As everyone has one in their hand, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. We're gonna respond this morning before we worship. And if you're here this morning and saying, Pastor DJ, I, I just, I'm so grateful for Jesus. I'm so grateful for the, what he did on the cross. And I don't want to be a betrayer, a booer, or Barabbas. I want to be a worshiper, and I want to go and feed God's sheep. I want to go and reach people and share the good news with others. Share this message with others. Will you raise your hand if that's you? And, and just hold that flyer up in your hand too. If that's you saying, I, I want to, I want to share the word of God. I want to, I want to spread the gospel. I want to see people in the presence of God, feeling what I feel on a Sunday. Come on, thank you. And second, if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know, Pastor Eja, I, I actually don't even have a relationship with God, but today's my day. I want a fresh start. I want to come home and. And commit my life to Jesus. If that's you, will you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. Saying that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, today as we worship, I pray you put names on our hearts that these cards should go to next week. Heavenly Father, I pray as we worship this morning, maybe it's our neighbor, our coworker, a student in our class, a friend that we hang out with. Some, a child, a, grand, a grandkid, a teenager, a young adult, a spouse. God, begin to put names on our hearts so that way they can have that relationship that you offered everyone, that, that, that transaction that you, that you gave to everyone, that love that you've given to everyone. God, there's people, your sheep, your people who've never experienced this. God, use us to lead and feed your sheep. God, those hands that were raised for a fresh start with you. I pray that that relationship grows. Lord, let them feel your presence in their life. Wash them clean. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In your name, amen.